E-S-N-Y. Seventeen sixteen. What went wrong? Sixteen three lead in the fourth quarter. CJ Mosley goes out of the game. Groin, I believe it was a groin. Going to be questionable. Uh, game time decision for the Browns, I believe, unless something dropped on Saturday that I'm not aware of. What happened? That first Bills offensive drive against Mosley, they ran all over the defense. Devin Singletary, the shiftiness, the elusiveness, destroyed that defense. I still haven't gone deep into that. I was on the offense all week with the film room. But from that drive on, once it was 16-10, the momentum had completely switched. You could feel the building just become so drained. The fans feeling like they've witnessed this story before. Sure enough, Gase's offense, Darnold, can't get it done on the ensuing drive. Bills, later in the quarter, throw one up on a go route to John Brown. It's underthrown. It's underthrown. That is not by design. That's not a back shoulder. A back shoulder is has more zip on it. A back shoulder is, you know, 10, 15, at most 20 yards down the field. What that was was just an underthrown ball. Dale Roberts, once he sees John Brown turn his head, he has to turn his head, keep his left hand on John Brown's hip, and not find himself out of position. He loses the one-on-one. They score, kick the extra point, go up 17-16. Jets can't respond. Ball game. What does it tell us? Well, it tells us that offensive line play is so critical. Why? Because if you have an offensive line, you're afforded the opportunities to take those chances deep in today's league, in which it is impossible to stop offenses when they take chances deep. Pass interference, um, you know, even if it's an underthrown ball, a big chunk on a play, the way the rules are, you the offenses are rewarded for taking those shots deep. On Sunday in week one, the Jets didn't take it hardly any shots deep. Robbie Anderson in the end zone, he didn't go up and grab the ball. He's got to attack that ball. He's got to act like that is his ball. And anyone taking the ball away from him is taking food out of his and his family's mouth. He waited for it incomplete. Another deep shot to Robbie Anderson after a double move late in the game. He didn't explode. He got bumped. Didn't explode out of the break. Gase mentioned it on the conference call how he was upset with the receiver's play after watching the film. Uh, pleasantly surprised with Darnold's play compared to how he felt after the game, after watching the film. And that doesn't mean he thought Darnold played well. He just thought, okay, he wasn't as bad as I originally thought. That's all that means. So... Only two, three shots downfield, and the fans are asking, why so conservative offensively? What, what's going on? Where's this quarterback whisperer, this this madman, this great offensive mind, Gase? What is he doing? Well, folks, you can't go downfield 
and take seven-step drops on a routine basis if your offensive line can't block the defense. That's it. It's as simple as that. What don't you understand about this? Okay, could Gase have been a little more aggressive? Yeah, of course. But you can't do it if the offensive line is not blocking four-man rushes. You can't do it when the Bills are blitzing on over 50% of their plays, bringing six men. You can't run the ball when the strong safety is lined up at in the edge, on the edge, you know, 25-33% of their plays. Can't do it. You can't do it unless the quarterback has control at the line and he sees that strong safety on the edge and says, okay, we got we to gotta make this defense pay. Let's switch this play to three-step drop, hit Quincy on the slant, and make the defense rethink their strategy here. But Darnold didn't have control. Nothing really was changed. Uh, you know, he has his, his line, you know, he, he works with the line, has the calls in terms of that, but full play changes, I, I didn't see much of that. Hopefully I was wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I didn't see it. They went no huddle on a drive. You know, who knows? Who knows how much Darnold switched, how much Darnold took control on that drive. I believe it yielded a little bit of success. Um, when Josh Allen came out on the first drive, you saw what the Bills did. They went the old college route. They didn't huddle. They went right up to the line. The, the coaching staff would look at the Jets' defense, radio the play into Josh Allen, and they would call the play at the line of scrimmage. And it worked. They were driving on the Jets that first drive, that second drive too. Only a turnover and a sack saved them. After that, the Jets' defense settled in, played well. But, you know, it, it just... Wasn't good. The offensive line, Ryan Khalil was a game changer in my mind, signing that guy. He was terrible on Sunday. Osemele, he's a, he's a solid left guard. But when you don't draft a first-round offensive lineman in 13 years, or a second-round offensive lineman in 9 years, your offense isn't going to be good. It's just that simple. Offensive lines rule the NFL. They rule Football. You look at the playoff teams each year, and 9, 10 of the 12 teams have the best offensive lines in football. It's just that simple. I mean, it's not for it's not up for debate. It's why it's so infuriating to see Mike McCagnan continue to draft defensive tackles when there's already two decent defensive tackles on the roster. You know, there's another issue, Quinnen Williams. The way he was hyped up, you'd, you'd expect this man to be Aaron Donald from day one. Or at least be a starter who could play the run and play the pass. He's injured. I don't know what his availability is for Monday night. But he's just another guy. He's just another guy, folks. And I'm sorry, when you have holes at edge, corner, and offensive line, you don't do that. I said it in the spring. The problem with drafting Quinnen Williams and Ed Oliver is football teams aren't complete and players cannot fully develop and hit their ceiling until their unit that they play within 
is completed. Darnold can't hit his ceiling until the offensive line is at least completed. And when I say completed, I mean good. Worth its weight. Top 12, top 10. I'll even go, go as far to say top 15 in the league. Leonard Williams won't hit his ceiling until he has at least one edge rusher who could get to the quarterback in a one-on-one situation. Henry Anderson, God bless him, he is an, an interior defensive lineman. And Greg Williams has to use him opposite Jordan Jenkins, two power rushers on the outside. That's not going to work. Quinton Williams won't hit his potential until he's play, playing alongside a nice finesse edge rusher. And McCagnan had his chance to either trade down, draft a lineman in the mid-first round, collect a second-round pick. Yeah, and you say, we don't know what the trade offers were. There were trade offers. Of course there were. No, we don't know what they were. But that was the move. Trading down, collecting extra assets, and completing these units with those dire needs at edge, corner, and offensive line. That was his move, or just selecting Josh Allen, who's already starting and playing a meaningful role in the Jaguars' defense. Instead, he takes Quinn and Williams, an undersized nose tackle, in which the on a roster that already has Henry Anderson and Leonard Williams. Oh, and Steve McClendon, and Nathan Shepard, and Foley Fatukasi. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Best available player is garbage. If best available player were true, Derwin James would not have been the 17th overall pick two years ago. So, week one, week one went horribly wrong. And to throw everything on top of that, finding out now that C.J. Mosley... And Quinnen Williams, whose statuses were both up in the air, they're both out for Monday Night Football. The official injury report is out. Let me get to the email here. Quinnen Williams, CJ Mosley, Sam Darnold, all officially listed as out. Le'Veon Bell, questionable, looks like he'll play. Calvin Beecham, Demarius Thomas. Braxton Berrios, Steve McClendon, uh, who else we got here? Brian Winters, Alex Lewis, and I think that's it for the listed questionables. Everyone else on the injury report who did practice on Saturday, who was listed as full participant, John Franklin Myers, Jamal Adams, who missed his first practice this past week, and he was uh, a little upset about that on Thursday. In the locker room. Uh, in which he talked about OBJ a little bit too. We'll get to that. Robbie Anderson. Ryan Khalil. Frankie Louvu, Rontez Miles. So that's the injury report. As we turn our attention to the Browns for week two. Now the Browns. If you read the ESNY NFL 2019 preview. You'll see the record prediction next to the Browns. Was not great. Eight and eight. They were crowned before coming in. 
look at history. Look at the off-season winners in the NFL. You know, the teams who have the money, the teams who spend all this money on free agents. Does it ever translate into the regular season, into reality? I never see it. Rarely. See, that's the thing. And as Jets fans, you should understand this too. Why do these teams have money? Is it just randomness? No. These teams have a lot of money to spend because the players they drafted, the players on their team, the development isn't there. So they don't have players to spend money on, to keep. You know, it's amazing. The Jets had all this money. And they still signed Quincy Nunwa recently to a multi-year deal. It's, it's an indictment on the franchise to have all this money to spend under this system. So, you know, the Browns are, are less in that mold. More of their offseason was about hype, the acquisition of Vernon and Beckham. But look at this football team. You got Beckham, that's an upgrade. You got Vernon. Vernon and Miles Garrett make for a scary bookend. But you lose Jabril Peppers at safety. You lose Kevin Zietler at offensive line. And if there's one thing I know about the NFL, it's that offensive lines dominate the league. You can't trade away an offensive lineman without sufficient plan B. They don't grow on trees. What happened in week one? Baker Mayfield running for his life. The Browns couldn't block Variable's team. They couldn't block the Titans. It was an embarrassment. That line played as bad as any line has played in years in this league. Freddie Kitchens. What is this guy? Who is this guy? We don't know what he is. We don't know if he's a good head coach or not. And like O-lines, because the talent is so similar across 32 franchises, coaching staffs make all the difference in the world. You know, a poor coaching staff can drive a talented team into the ground in a matter of moments. Greg Williams is gone. Say what you want about Greg Williams and the Beckham stuff this week. But Wilkes, as the defensive coordinator, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. And allowing Mariota, Marcus Mariota's offense, to put up 43, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? This is the stuff where... Jets fans have to realize this, their team is not dead and buried. All right, Sam Darnold's out. What does this mean? doesn't mean much for week two. Mosley being out means so much more than Darnold. Mosley, we saw the impact last week. Mosley is a signal caller. Without him, without Avery Williamson, and that's amazing. Such a strength. Mosley and Williamson, now both gone, turns into Cashman and Hewitt. Hewitt's going to be the mic with the, with the signal in his helmet. But Mosley being out is such a downgrade compared to Darnold to Simeon. Remember, Simeon took over for Peyton Manning. He was put in an impossible situation in Denver. No, Peyton Manning didn't have a great final year, swan song. But he still had to take over for Manning's shadow for a Super Bowl defending champion. And what did he do? He threw for over 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. This guy is not as bad as people want to believe. He's a professional, Northwestern kid, smart kid. Sort of familiar with Gase. He arrived in Denver, 
Um, was he there for Gase's last year in 2014 or 2015? Now, Gase's last year was 2014. Simeon arrived in 2015, so I think he missed him by a year. But still, Gase's offense, some of that those principles were still behind remaining with Peyton Manning there. So he's part of that connection with Peyton Manning having bridged the two. He threw to Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas will make his uh, debut on Monday. I don't expect much out of him. With Quincy Nunu out for the season, and we told you, Quincy, good guy. Coming into the year, he played just 40 games of a possible 80 in his career. After the season, it'll be a, it'll be 41 of a possible 96. Some guys just can't stay healthy. And availability is the number one stat in all of football. Fantasy football, too. But the downgrade from Darnold to Simeon isn't that great. In terms of talent, yes. In terms of execution and production on the field, no. The Mosley injury is far and beyond more critical than the Darnold one. It's that fault. It's that hope. The hope of a future that gets dashed with Darnold and the mono. Not week two. Not week three. Not week five. Those games could still be won. And remember, same old Jets. It's such a stale thing. The Jets can't have nice things. It's so stale and lazy. When you read that somewhere, just just click off. It's ridiculous. When you hear that from someone, it's probably coming from someone who really doesn't understand football. There's no such thing as same old Jets to a player, to a coach. There's no such thing. If not for adversity, the early 2000 Jets team who started 1-4 and four and 2-5 and five would have never happened. You play to win the game would have never happened if not for adversity in, in the NFL. If not for adversity, 98 doesn't happen. Once Glenn Foley, it's understood Glenn Foley can't get it done, Vinny Testaverde never happens. Bill Parcells gives up. You know, if not for adversity, Tom Brady and Belichick never happens in New England. The moment Mo Lewis smacks Drew Bledsoe out, the highest paid quarterback in the league, one of the faces of the NFL, this dynasty doesn't happen. Adversity sometimes, oftentimes, is welcomed by the coaching staff. Why? Because natural selection could take its course. You get to find out which individuals are truly on board for the program and which individuals are not. Sometimes adversity is the best thing when trying to build a winner. That's what you have to understand. Yeah, it sucks. No, you don't want guys to be hurt. You don't want your your young quarterback to have mono. And yeah, have you seen it a million times before with the Jets? You have. But what's important is if you think the right people are leading the charge. I think Joe Douglas is the right guy to lead the Jets. I didn't with the previous GM. I do believe this is the right guy. He came in. He understood right away. The O-line is a disaster. I need to do something. Brings on Alex Lewis. Brings on Ryan Khalil. No, it won't be enough this year, but it's not his fault. Give him the draft next year. I guarantee you he, he selects young offensive line talent early. An edge man, too. But that's what's important. Not that adversity keeps striking and disaster keeps striking, but that you believe they have the right guys in charge. 
to overcome the adversity and to spin it the right way. I think Douglas is the right guy. Gase, we'll have to see. I think he can run an offense. I think he can do damage with a young quarterback. Can he handle everything a head coach brings with it in this league? It's still up in the air. You know, the new way of the NFL is pretty much a, a two-head coach kind of system where there's an offensive mind or there's a defensive mind, the 85 Bears. Dicka, Buddy Ryan, the Jets going to have that here with Gase and Greg Williams. You know, you, you could pretend Gase is in on the defensive stuff. He's not. He's in charge of the team and the sideline on Sundays, but he has no say into what goes on defensively. And that, that's accepted in today's league. Uh, predictions for the game on Monday night. Listen, I'm not all doomsday right now. Darnold sucks. Mosley sucks even worse. But if they button up the offensive line and Greg Williams plays zone, knows he can't go man, allows Jamal to do his thing in the box, they could easily beat the Browns. It may be more an indictment on the Browns organization and team than the Jets' uh, ability, but I don't expect disaster. Give me the Jets and the Shocker. 24-17. Till next time. Sabre Radio.